They came from across North America. They meet here each week in the basement of an abandoned comic book shop to talk comics. Covering all the news and info you need to the latest reviews and even books to stay away from. Join your hosts, Infinite Speech, the comic book clergyman, and the Spider-Man Geek, every week here on Tales from the Water. And welcome, everybody, to this week's Tales from the Water Cooler. Water Cooler! Episode number 256. With us this week, we have... Infinite Speech. Spider-Man Geek. And the comic book clergyman. We're all back. Again. After our hiatus. After a little bit of a of a little hiatus. Absolutely. We're here with episode 256. What's up, fellas? Not much. I'm actually wow. Every time you just say the number and it just keeps getting bigger, I just I'm I'm just more and more shocked every time. I know, right? Yeah, two fifty six. Yeah, that's a lot of a lot of weeks, a lot of episodes, a lot of no comics. reboots. Yeah. yeah, it is. It has been a lot of comics. What's funny is um, it was probably about maybe about a week or so ago when I was on my trip because I left town and I came back recently. I was I was just scrolling through and I was looking at some of the old books we used to cover. I'm like, wow, it's 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 been a bit. Like, <laughs> it's like been a what? Long like what time. was something that you saw? Um, one thing popped up on the feed. It was um the first. Uh, let me see. I think it was the first episode, and then like episode like twenty, twenty five, something like that. And it was um uh the New York Five, and oh, let me see. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, very old right there. Um, Constantine or um. Hellblazer back then. It was actually my very first time in a in decades reading a Hellblazer book, but I think it was picked by either Dan or Aaron at the time. And um, back when the mutant comics were good, there were some X Men picks there. So you know that was a while back. Yeah. Wow. Before the dark times. <laughs> what was it? What what year did did the water cooler actually start? Oh my gosh! Uh, let me see. Two thousand nine, uh, maybe two thousand ten. Yeah, okay. Maybe two thousand ten, because yeah, because ComicAttack.net started in two thousand nine. Okay. Right. So probably may, maybe early two thousand ten. Yeah. Wow. Wow, it's a long time. Yeah, it is. Weird. We're almost to the time where where uh, when we went on that uh, time machine voyage, we're almost to that same time. <laughs> oh, the nineties! Uh, oh Absolutely. my gosh! Uh, but yeah, it's just a uh, yeah. That was a that was a weird trip. I, I listened to a few of the old, old shows, looked at a few of the old books, uh, a couple of them. Um, Lock and key titles as 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 well. We've had some pretty good books, and I did purposely look for the episode where we reviewed the Infinite. Oh yeah, <laughs> which was right. the very. It has the honor of being the first book that we have all unanimously 
<clears throat> disliked on this show and we turned it into an art form of disliking this book i i, so I think was, that was, was a, that's the only book that's gotten triple zeros i think yes yes no other title has achieved that feat of getting triple zeros so, than the infinite so congratulations yeah kirkman and lifefield yeah there you go there you, go. there you go. Oh, Dan, the snickering man. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. All right. I wasn't. I wasn't on at that point. I no, 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 yeah. no. Thanks, and thank, thank, thank God thank you, you were spared. Yeah. Thank your lucky stars for that. Yeah, don't don't look at the pages. Don't even go back and try to read it. Don't even listen to the show. It's oh my God. Yeah. You can never. You can. You're, it, it burns into your eyes, <laughs> and it, it really does. It's one of those books that you should treat like Voldemort. Just never say its name. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right. yeah. Oh. all right. Well, um, well, let's see what we got for news this week. And now, the news. Alrighty. Um, and, well, I guess the big news is Spider-Man Homecoming casting news is that Spider-Man Homecoming has found its Mary Jane Watson and the fanboys are angry because are yes they are because it's zendaya and zendaya is not white uh, are we really yeah are we really gonna yeah see i i yeah. saw the cast well, of news and i thought man I, I think she looks great like she, what's, what's she, the issue she, she does <laughs> but well this is where it gets interesting because nobody wants to just come out and say hey i just don't want a black girl playing it so they say but her hair is in red. That's that's the coded language there. And it's funny because I, I have a lot of natural redheaded women in my family and they're black. Um, oh, yeah. But Kirsten Dunst isn't a natural redhead. And yet she played Mary Jane. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else pointed out that um, Megan Fox, who played April O'Neil, isn't a redhead either. And nobody said shit about that. What is, oh, so, oh, right, because April O'Neil is red. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I, I mean, as as long as she, I, I'm not too familiar with this young lady. I just know what she's either like Disney or Nickelodeon. One of the one of those two. Mm-hmm. It's got Disney. Disney. Well, yeah, yeah. Why would I even think Nickelodeon? Yeah. <laughs> so you know they they got it there, and then they had the um two pictures side by side of them like um depicting the um cover and it, it looks good it's mm-hmm. i'm all for they they also there, were, there was a leak casting call sheet which showed a few other things as well like um bokeem woodbine playing the shocker and i don't know i saw a few things about that but nothing to the zendaya de- degree but somebody w- w- was like so are all the spider-man's villains going to be black now and you know well, you know what i like, what uh, i'm what i'm pissed off about i mean because you know this this really uh, I mean, Marvel just hasn't really learned their lesson because you know they 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 cast Samuel L. Jackson to be Nick Fury, and that was the worst <laughs> idea they could have come up with. <laughs> so you know, so exactly. I'm, I, I'm still pissed about that. Like I'm, I was I was rooting for David Hasselhoff. Like you know, he should have reprised his role as an old grizzled David House White. De- de- uh, Nick Fury, David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury. And instead, and instead, they put Mace Windu in there, and 
and and it's never been the same. So, I can see why everybody's all up in arms. Now, somebody's really going to think you're serious. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm going to get the hate emails. Warning! Warning! The comic book clergyman is not serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's called satire. Yes, yeah, yeah. satire. But yeah, um, my thing is as. You know, women can dye their hair red, and there are some photos of, of her with red hair already, so that kind of negates those arguments. I just want I just want the movie to be fun and good. I recently watched um, Civil War again, and I really want this to be a nice, fun, exciting, adventurous Spider-Man movie. Even though, yes, I am tired of these Spider-Man movies just because we've had so many in such a short time. And I think that's probably what's bugging a lot of people no pun intended what's bugging uh... <laughs> <laughs> but um i mean five yeah five Sp- five spider-man movies yeah you know that's and it's um among all the other little you know reboots and relaunches of, of films it, it does get a little draining it does get a little ti- um, tiring but you know, I'm ex- I'm I'm now excited for this movie as I've seen mm-hmm. you know the casting and I've seen Holland's performance in, in Civil War and it was fun. You, it was I think he has the Peter Parker et, um, et essence. So I mean, hey, and I'm kind of glad they got a kid instead of you know I'm tired of 35 year old men playing high school kids anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, you got a, a young cast. And and also, I mean, we have not yet seen a a a a really solid film version of Mary Jane. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, Kirsten Dunst was okay, but like I mean, to me, she didn't really typify Mary Jane. I mean, she just really kind of. I mean, I don't, just don't think that she was. And having watched uh, Spider Man one and two recently, uh, mm-hmm. she just doesn't. I mean, she really doesn't play Mary Jane um, as as we know Mary Jane. And so, you know, I, I think for the Marvel version, Marvel Cinematic Universe version, then I mean, I, I, I'm excited to see, and hope, and hopefully, we'll see a kind of a more definitive version of somebody who can actually really play the character well. So, yeah, those those Dunce versions were a little dry. I think I only I liked her a little bit in the first one, but then the last two were just horrible. Though I don't credit her bad acting to part three because part three was just horrible all the way around. Yeah. God. Yeah. Um, let's see. Aside from Zendaya, oh, there's also the, um, there was news about Riri Williams because people were upset that she was going to take Tony's moniker. Gosh, another you know, black girl. Iron Man. Yeah, see? It's just pissing everybody off here. Wow. But she will go by the name Iron Heart. I like that. I actually, I like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like upset that they were calling her Iron Man. Like, I don't care. Yeah. But I, that name sounds great. Um, and, yeah. and let it be. Let her, let her be her own character instead of being in the shadow of. I mean, even though she's going to be in the shadow of another character anyway. Um, yeah. I just think it's good. Well, it's kind of like with Rhodey. You know, he got War Machine, and what did what was Pepper's name when she was in the armor? Rescue. Uh, Savior. Oh, rescue. rescue. There it is. Yeah. You know, she, they all sound like Transformer names anyway. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, 
I didn't think they were going to call her Iron Man anyway. I mean, it just wouldn't have made sense. Ironheart is real cool, and I'm I'm willing to give her a shot and see what's going on. So, you know. Why don't they just call her Iron Bra? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, really? Uh, yeah, so I think she debuts in uh, September, I want to say, is when her series drops. Yeah. We get um, Ironheart, and I guess the AI in the armor is going to be um, basically modeled after Tony, kind of like Friday is in his armor. So she'll have Tony in her ear as well. And the suit got a little tweaked. It's 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 more contoured for the feminine shape, so it's kind of cool. It's November. It's November. on the November right. solicits, okay. yeah. Okay, all right. Including... Including what I didn't know was happening, uh, the next Marvel Mega event is in Humans versus X Men. Uh, God, <laughs> you don't, you're not looking forward to it. I, mean, I haven't even heard about it, but um, okay. I mean, yeah. uh, let's see. So, what? Who's who's winning that one? <laughs> who's winning that one? Yeah, I I I just like uh, I just don't know. Aren't they the same? <laughs> I just <laughs> I just think it depends on what um what uh agreement the two parent companies come to regarding movie rights. <laughs> I'll go ahead and tell you who's gonna lose that one. It's not gonna be the inhumans. Us. Yeah, yeah. Us? Us. There you go. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well All right, well any any other news? Ah, we mentioned the Resident Evil. Trailer. trailer, the new one. What's 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 it called? Resident Evil, the final movie, final chapter or something. <laughs> the final chapter, something like that. I mean, I was happy because it opened up with a really great Guns and, Ro- and Roses uh-huh. song. I was like, ah, yes. Except for the rest of the trailer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it. It it looks better than the other films. However, it kind of just looks the same. We're going to get tons of action. Tons of zombies and some return characters. So I didn't know Ian was coming back either, but I guess, you know, it'd be smart to bring him back. He's a big name, you know, with Games Mm -hmm. of Thrones and everything and just coming off his little clever man tour. So, hey, why not? So I'm I mean, I'm going to see it anyway. I already know as much as I think about those films. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll see it, too. And. But the trailer didn't really inspire me. Uh, it's way too actiony. Um, it's way too focused on. I, I the, the trailer didn't even look polished. It didn't look finished to me. Yeah. Did you well, get that impression? It's very like low budget almost. We got sparse dialogue, and it's funny because I watch a lot of um, like martial arts films and a lot of um, foreign ones, and I notice in their trailers to market for us. It's straight action, no dialogue, and those always make me nervous. <laughs> and they, you know, and they show too much of the fight scenes, and uh, yeah, I'm like, like, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna watch it because I've, I've seen the other forty, so I might as well just watch the last one. And they aren't terribly horrible films. I just had to really disassociate the game from the film, and it was yeah, exactly. hard. It was. It was harder for me to do that than it is to separate the comic book movies from the comic books <laughs> and be okay. Wow. 
Like it took a lot. Like I I watched the first one and I cut it off about halfway through. I said, "What is this shit? This is not my Resident Evil." Yeah, which wasn't so bad. Two was the worst, and then as yeah. of three, when you've disassociated yourself from the game, <laughs> uh, that's when they actually started bringing people from in the game. But uh, right. no, the the, the movies kind of took off after three. I think I really like three, four, and five. So three this... was the one when they were in the the desert, right? Yeah. So is this yeah, next one number first. number six? Six, yeah. Six, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. See. Yeah. Uh huh. Six. I've not seen any 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 of them. So. Oh well, I mean, it's not like watching the you know a uh, film version of the Infinite, but um, should, should I watch, <laughs> should, if I if I were to start with Resident Evils, uh, should I should I watch? Should I watch the? Should I slog through the first three, or should I jump on yeah. board with four? No, you should. The first one's actually pretty decent. Yeah, it um, is. It is. Okay. Especially if you haven't seen the game, you'll probably enjoy it. Or I haven't played the game, you'll enjoy it. Okay. Two okay. is just bad all around. Okay. Acting, directing, <laughs> budget. It's just it's a bad story. It's just the horrible. Right. And it's the one they shot in Toronto. So. So are you are you saying uh, it's a it's a it's it's Canada's fault? It, it is. It is. There's a scene where they're running through the city, and there's a sign for Pizza Pizza, which is like our. <laughs> It's just like our little Caesars. It's uh-huh. really bad pizza. Um, so, but it's a telltale sign. You know, next up would have been a Tim Hortons. That's yeah, all that was. Yeah. Gonna <laughs> I was just going to say that. Right. Um, oh, product placement at its best. Poor pizza, pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you never played the the game or anything, you'd be okay. Now, what I do like are the um the um Capcom movies for Resident Evil. Oh Even yeah, those like don't the, follow uh, it. The CG sort of uh, yeah, those yeah. those are cool. I think I only own one though, so you know. But those those are real good. I think I only own Damnation. Damnation, yeah, and then yeah. Degenerations, the other one. Yeah, that's the one I didn't see. So but the yeah, the, yeah. the air the airport one or the Eastern Europe one. Which one do you have? Uh, Eastern Europe is Damnation. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the better I one didn't... of the two. Oh, it is? Yeah, the generation yes. is not as good. I lucked out. I lucked out then. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. Yeah, so I, w- I don't, I, f- I forgot when the release date is, but like I said, I probably won't rush out to see it. I'll probably maybe take in an afternoon viewing after it's been in the theater for almost a month, month and a half. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to see how they wrap it all up, you know, because. It got crazy there for a minute with all the clones. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, that's not good. Gotta throw <laughs> clones in there. Oh gosh, and when and see, whenever the clones pop up, I always think either Episode Two of Star Wars or that horrible Spider-Man clone saga. It seems like when you throw clones in the mix, stuff starts to suck. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's be done with the news for now, and let's. Oh, oh. oh yeah. Go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. This just in. I did watch X Men Apocalypse. Oh <laughs> yeah. Apocalypse. Oh. And. Okay. Um. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you two to do me a favor. I just I just need one of you just to punch the shit out of me. You're like, what was I thinking? 
I, I warned you. I told you you would. You'd be really mad. did. I, you'd be mad I, about I life. I was angry. Yeah, I was <laughs> angry, and it's like, what did? And I know nobody goes out to purposely make a bad film. I know that. I mean, even the most campy, cheesiest B movie, they want to do good. This movie, the opening sequence was real cool, though. I like that when they were in the past and he was trying to switch bodies and there was a coup and they had everything planned out. That was dope. Even though I would have loved to be the guy on the outside who just gave the hand signal from the staff. It would have been me. Yeah. But you know, that part was great. But once the movie got going, I'm like, yeah, um, I'm so not liking my decision to take almost two hours out of my afternoon to watch this. And I was, the the lack of jubilee angered me, but it <laughs> angered me on a level that you just used her ethnicity to get people in the seats because your the promotion made it seem like she was going to have a bigger role. Yeah, and it hey, she didn't. Hey, she went to the movies with them. Oh my gosh! So you're telling me Nightcrawler's ass went to a mall <laughs> and nothing. Happened, yeah, I know, right? Even in 1983, America, yeah, in 1980, there's no way Nightcrawler. When they said we're going to the mall, I'm like, really? No image inducer, no nothing. We're just gonna stroll up in there in a thriller jacket with a tail, <laughs> fingers, German accent, and then I'm, I'm like, okay, you, you're at the mall. Nothing happened. Jubilee had more screen time in that. Um, in the X-Men Apocalypse PSA video that they showed, and she did in the entire film. And then Angel, Angel who sucks without the Apocalypse upgrade anyway, even sucked with the Apocalypse upgrade in this film. And then they tried to make them cool by putting these talons on the wings. I'm like, come on, no. I'm sorry, no. And and, Kirby... And Michael Michael Fassbender and Jennifer Lawrence almost, like, it's almost like Throughout the whole movie, they're staring at each other, rolling their eyes. Like, like they're, they, they're just like, I can't believe we're doing this movie. Like, I know they're paying us, you know, a, a yeah. shit ton of money. But, like, but like their, their performances in that movie are so, like, dry and uninspired. And except, with the exception of Fassbender, the, the scene where, where his daughter gets killed. Like, that was, yeah. that was great. But um, even though, even though that like they made that very complicated, when they could have just stuck to the, to the how it happened in the book and just burn the house down, you know what I mean? Like, why did they have to be like? Why did there have to be arrows and you know non-metallic whatevers? I, well, get, get this: when the guy fired the arrow, if you're watching, he's already put some slack on it. He's not holding the arrow taut anymore. So there's no way it could have went through her and killed his wife at the same. No, I'm sorry. If at at most she would have had a small puncture wound, I, I was just like, okay, this is some bullshit right here. And then, like, there were some cool scenes, you know. But uh, Psylocke, you know, I'm I'm just gonna run off. Caliban talking in third person, fine, but it, that wasn't the Caliban that I know. That 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 one was just corny. Storm didn't have white hair until the apocalypse upgrade you know right. I'm, I'm just like oh my gosh and it the fight on the astral plane was real cool you know i like how he lost lost his hair i was actually upset that havoc died 
You know, I was yeah. like, damn, I actually like him. Of the Summers bro- um, brothers, I'd rather Cy- Cyclops bite the big one. Sorry. And then at the end, we get costumes. I'm like, really? You guys wait till the end of this film to put clothes <laughs> on Mystique. You wait till the end of this movie to put clothes. I'm like, Mystique could have been wearing that shit from day one. But no, you wanted what Rebecca Romaine Stamos running around butt ass naked with blue paint on her forming clothes out of her skin. What do these guys even understand mutant power application? No. No, I'm like, oh my no, no. And I'm just I was actually like, wow, those costumes look really cool. Too bad this movie sucked a lot. Yeah. And why was Wolverine in it? Because you know what? It it makes the whole gene thing very creepy now. (laughs) It did, yeah. (laughs) That as soon as they were on screen together, I'm like this is going to suck because now, dude, you're like 140 and she's still a teenager. Yeah. So now you're coming off like Professor X in the comics. And she was the worst casting. I just was so disappointed really? with Jean Grey. Yeah. I, I, uh, oh, I just thought she was horrible. Horrible. Um, just no, again, just no... No life, like no nobody had really any personality. Nobody, um, I mean, just. But everything I, th- was I think alive. whoever you cast as Jean would come off that way because Jean is at her core is not an interesting character. Yeah, oh, don't maybe. don't don't tell that to the Jean Grey zealots out there. Oh my gosh, you know the only thing she's ever done that she was ever good for is be the host for the Phoenix. That's, well, that's it. True. That's when she became cool. That's when she became <laughs> cool. <laughs> I like I liked Madeline Pryor more than I like Jean Grey. Exactly. I'm, I'm sorry. I was so pissed when Scott in X Factor One when Scott left his wife. Yeah. To go and be and with child, him. right? I mean, yeah. I'm like, I mean, I understand your first love. You thought she was dead. She's back. Fine. Go see her. Do all that. But do get your ass back home because. Madeline Pryor was cool, and she was real cool as the Goblin Queen. But I, I'm I'm just like Jean Grey is like, um, what was the woman that played um, Emma Frost in X Men First Class? What's her name? Um, Flat ass. That's yes. <laughs> uh, J- January Jones. Oh. January Jones. That's yes. It. January. She is as cardboard and boring as January Jones. There is nothing redeeming exciting about Jean Grey at all. And I'm I just think she is one of the most boring and overrated X-Men characters right next to her boyfriend Cyclops. I'm I yeah, I don't I don't know who they could have cast in that role to make me like her because I even like Fam K Jackson, but I didn't like her or whatever her name is. I didn't like right. her in the other X-Men films. Go yeah. Storm kept an accent from beginning to end in this movie. That yeah. I did appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, I did appreciate that. Mm. But like I said, Wolverine Gene got real. It was icky. weird. That was weird. Yeah, there were so uh, many, so many weird things in the whole movie. It was just and and the only good thing for Oscar Isaac is that nobody realized that that was Oscar Isaac's. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, like, hey, he's like, like, no, 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 no. He's I'm like, yeah, I'm he's like, <laughs> he's like thank God I was in. I, thank God I'm Poe Dameron because I don't want anybody to to know that I was Apocalypse. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, I would have right. loved it. it was, 
Finn would have walked into one scene, Apocalypse would have been like, Finn! <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see like, you, buddy! Oh. Oh. All right, oh, well, let's, uh, let's, uh, we got right. some books to cover, so let's go ahead and dive into this week's picks. Wee! That movie sucks! <laughs> All right, up first is Spider-Man <laughs> Geek's pick. What'd you pick? Mockingbird, number six. Civil War II tie-in. A top-secret mission on behalf of an old friend. A tropical cruise. What could go wrong? Turns out it's a theme cruise. Superhero theme, naturally. A floating comic con. Now Bobby is trapped on a boat with a thousand cosplayers, Cape colleagues she was trying to avoid, an ex-boyfriend who keeps showing up at inopportune times, and a rampaging herd of corgis. Now, uh, when a passenger is murdered, Bobby must play... Uh, how do you say that? Hercule, Hercule, poor, that's one of those words I can never, that's one of those names I can never pronounce, to find the killer and confront some uncomfortable truths from her past in the process. Poirot, Poirot, is that how you say that name? Anyway, Uh, written by Chelsea Kane, art by Kate Nimchek. There you go. All right. Colors by Rachel Rosenberg. Or right. Rochelle. Uh-huh. Um, cover by Joelle Jones. Yay. Uh, <laughs> it's too bad she didn't do the rest of the issue, but uh, that aside, the, the artwork was actually not bad considering the, 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 you know, the theme of the story, I should say. Um, this reminded me a lot of uh, a Nick Spencer book, really. Uh, it reminded mm-hmm. me some of the fun we've had on on Ant-Man and his antics. Um, so Mockingbird is basically following up on a lead uh, that, uh, you know, is promising some valuable information. Uh, the only problem is she's sort of at the beck and call of whoever's trying to give her the information. Uh, so <laughs> she's supposed to meet this guy wearing a horse's head um, at, <laughs> at like this gaming uh, area, right? Uh, which is funny because, you know, Bobby is in there and she's way overdressed. She's wearing like this evening gown wear while everybody else is cosplaying. This is a room full of nerds, so obviously she's standing out. I'm surprised there wasn't a page or two where people are just, you know, oogling at her. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was fun. It was fun that, you know, if you're the nerdy type and uh, if you've ever been to a Comic Con and, you know, are into that culture, uh, you'll rec- you'll recognize a lot of little references uh, that'll probably make you chuckle. Uh, but you know, uh, setting aside, uh, it, I thought it just that made the book really fun. Uh, but setting aside, uh, you kind of have a little bit of a mystery going on uh, with a final page that uh, left me wanting to know what happens. What is this information? Of course, this all ties into uh, not to spoil the whole thing, but. Uh, this all ties into the information that uh, the person possibly has is uh, something that would uh, prove Hawkeye's innocence, something for Hawkeye's trial. Uh, so that's the Civil War II tie-in at that point. Now, uh, Bobby Morse does run into uh, Hunter, her ex-boyfriend, and their interactions uh, actually were a lot of fun as well. Very interesting. Uh, I love where they... 
meet run into each other and since they're both sort of like spies you know and spies know whatever they say they don't actually mean and it means something else so you have this page where they say stuff and next to the dialogue bubble is what it's supposed to actually mean um until hunter actually starts saying what he means i i i thought it was just kind of an interesting player an interesting use of that and uh so it was it made for a fun scene and uh especially since the scene ends with sex um so <laughs> did it did that's it really fun well the word <laughs> so uh that's basically it there's not a whole lot that goes around that goes on in uh this story itself there's really no action uh to speak of i don't even think there's a single fight scene in here um the the part uh, where they suit up at one point because they need to just go find the information for themselves <laughs> is pretty funny. Uh, as Bobby asks a drunk hunter to come, you know, come meet her at her room later so that they can go do what they need to do. And of course, he wears up wearing his um, his uh, mm-hmm. skin suit. <laughs> he was proud of that moment too. He, 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 was, moment. he showed up in that picture. He he was just confident until the door opened. But hold on, did he like walk down the hallway naked, or did he just strip everything right at the door? That's that's the real I, question, I right there. I have to assume that he walked down the hall. Uh, then he oh. comes back. <laughs> ten ten minutes. For- ten minutes passed. I did check yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I don't know. It was just fun. It was a, kind of a simple issue. Uh, I think, overall, I like the, the tie-in that could have, um, you know, it, it has signs of significance, significant importance, possibly, uh, which kind of makes it a good sort of tie-in. You know, it's, rele- it's relevant, at least. It may not lead to anywhere, but it's, it's kind of a relevant um, tie-in, so... I really like that. So yeah, the art was was solid. It's not Joel Jones, but uh, pretty pretty damn good. And the last page was um, was fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, it was it was just kind of a good cliffhanger and good last page, which really wraps it up into a, sort of a more of a mystery than anything else. Um, and I really enjoy those types of books, so I had fun with it. Jeff. Um. I forgot to mention um, that, but, but reading this issue made me remember. Uh, so, actor Nick Blood, who plays Hunter on Agents of Shield, uh, is filming a movie uh, in uh, in the town just north of here. And uh, and I'm, I do a little. Um, I'm, I'm a chaplain for a for this resort area place, um, and I was over there, and somebody was saying, "Oh yeah, Nick Blood was here," and. And I was like, really? And they were showing me like where he was staying, and I was like, hmm. so I kind of, I didn't see him, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, just darn it, it made me think of this. So, um, or when I read this, that made me think of that. So, um, I, can we talk about uh, Kate Nemechek's art? Like, it's I was, good, eh? it is really fantastic. Like, I, I really, I, I went in. I mean, I, I knew that Joelle Jones had done some work on here, so I was, I was kind of excited. Saw that she did the cover. Uh, and then when I saw that it was somebody else, I was like, oh man. Um, but, but this was great. Like there's a little bit of, there's some, there's some things that kind of look like Joel Jones's art influenced. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's some, some panels that almost look like a Phil Noto, um, to me in some places. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but, but just really good. I mean, she, this is a great fit, a good, a good, uh, 
just a good take on on this character, and I thought I thought it was good. Um, you know, the story is is okay. Um, I, I do like the loose tie-in to Civil War. You know, I like I like that. Um, and uh, you know, I, I do think it. I mean, it's funny every I mean, just to 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 make sure that people realize that this is Hunter and not Hawkeye. Uh, you know, they always have to have him with like a British speedos on or something like that. You know, <laughs> and that's always a little bit bizarre. But, um, but uh, I, you know, I sometimes I, I I just get tired of the of the 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 nerd culture stuff. Like, I just get so tired of them like putting that in there and kind of giving a nod to it and and the fan service of it all. I, to me, it's just eh, I don't know. It could have been any other kind of convention, maybe. I don't know. Um, Out of fan of fan service. I, I, it just feels it feels um, pandering to me. Um, but ah. I, I don't know why. But um, so anyway. But but you know, other than that, I mean, I, I, there there wasn't like you said, there wasn't a lot of there was there weren't a lot of there was no action in this book, and I feel like it could have. It could have had something along those lines that could have made it not so talky. Um, I needed a little bit more uh, something action-y to happen in it, and nothing really action-y happened. Uh, so I don't think I will be... I mean, even though I, I love the art, and you know, there's nothing really wrong with the story, it just didn't really grab me. Um, uh, I don't think I will be uh, picking up and see, seeing who shot the, the horse man. <laughs> <laughs> So, go ahead, speech. All right. I mean, Jeff, there was a ninja dance in this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I did laugh at that actually when when when, when they they dress up like I mean the gag of that was really well done. I thought, Leah, they dress yeah. up like uh, like they're going to go sneaking around, and then everybody's dressed up like that. Although I do like the banana ninja guy. <laughs> That's that. Was oh my gosh! Oh yeah, the one in the back. Yeah. All right. Now. um I have not been reading this series, so I was like, uh, he picked the sixth issue. This better not be confusing. So but then I realized it. <laughs> yes, a third issue. Not a sixth, but a third issue. So you're still kind of like, uh. But uh -huh. anyway, back to Mockingbird. Um, I saw that it was a Civil War tie-in, and knowing her connection to Hawkeye, the only thing I was dreading was that I was like, I don't want another heavy drama depressing issue and this was so far the opposite it was fun and it even though it did balance like you know bobby's personal issues going going into it with you know hawkeye and everything that's going on and you kind you kind of get a, a little bit more weight told to you through the the news that she watches in, in her room at various points in the story but other than that it was fun it was light it was funny and the art was great i love the scene where um the uh, the little craft people are at their booths, mm -hmm. and you you see the difference between um, how it how it started and how it ended. And the chainsaw driftwood Alpha Flight figures didn't sell so so well. <laughs> As you see the see the that's sign that says you know like that's a really uh, specific niche <laughs> market, right? <laughs> I mean, really... You know, and if you notice, Bobby only Bobby is Bobby was their only customer. Yeah. You know, Bobby had the, one, the, uh, the one North, figure that's the gone. North Star figure. Yep, and I was like, "Wow!" So yeah, you got to know your audience there. But you know, it was it was a nice issue. It was fun, and unlike you, Jeff, I want to know 
who got rid of Horsehead Guy. I mean, I already felt bad for him because he started to cry because his cat died. So sad. But um, yeah, it was a nice uh, issue. So I'm, I'll definitely be here for number seven. I don't know if anything aside from that. However, was Joel Jones the regular um, artist on one through five? I don't think so. No, I think she might have done the first. Not even she, didn't she do like Mockingbird Zero or something? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, I I thought she was just doing like covers or whatnot. I didn't know. She yeah, was... she she has been since I think since the okay. series started, she's only been doing covers. Okay, all right. Well, like I said, this issue had fun. It was great, and the art was excellent. So we can go ahead and rate it. All right, I'll give Mockingbird six um, a seven and a half. I'll give it a seven. Oh, see, I'm thinking you were going to give it a four. I know, right? That's how good the <laughs> art was, I thought. I mean, I, I, I thought the art was, was seven-worthy. Gotcha. All right, I'm giving it a seven as well. All right, moving on to my pick. I picked the Mighty Thor number 10. On top of battling cancer, womp womp, and the villainous team of, of the Exterminatrix and the Silver Samurai, now Jane Foster has a surprising new enemy with which to contend, S.H.I.E.L.D., Written by Jason Aaron and art by Russell Dowderman and colors by, who is that? Oh, I can never tell. Oh, here it is. Matthew Wilson. Um, I want to start with the cover um, because, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen a cover that had a word bubble on it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you yeah. remember back in the day, <clears throat> covers used to kind of tell you what kind of a little bit about what was going to happen in the story inside the book. And um, that was kind of how they sold comic books back then. You know, surprise, surprise, you know. Um, and uh, so this one is great because it's... Uh, well, first of all, it's it's off, it's off it's tilted. Everything is tilted to the side, which I just like that design. Um, it's got, it's got a, it's got shield agents who are all pointing guns at, at, at Thor... And they're surrounding her, and and one is saying, you know, drop the hammer, Jane Foster, you're under arrest. Um, and uh, but the other thing I liked about it was the perspective that uh, that the the she's in the she's kind of in the background, and it's and it's uh, the 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 focus is on her, and uh, she's kind of clear. But the, but then in the in the foreground with the uh, shield agents who are holding the gun on her, they're kind of blurry. Uh, and uh, I just I just liked everything about that cover. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's just really well done. Russell Dowderman, God, this guy, honestly, he is he is the best artist working at Marvel. I think right now. Um, I I think uh, just I cannot get enough of his work. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? I mean, you got to pick either him or Marquez. I mean, <laughs> well, uh, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look how he pulls a page together. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It might have. I mean, if it, Russell Dowderman is is it may he may be closely behind Marquez, but not much. I mean, they're they're very their styles are very similar too. I think, um, but they're they're uh, it's just good. This is so good, and um, the first and, and then and then you have Jason Aaron, who is so good. One at at just writing comic books. I mean, he is, he is by far my favorite, uh, writer currently. And, um, but he also, he'll throw in new characters that 
that you're just like, that's crazy, but that somehow that works. And so the, this issue opens with a new character, um, and this guy is an elf from from Alfheim, and um, and his name is Ivory Honeyshot. I, sir, Ivory <laughs> Honeyshot, and he looks like a kind of a a he kind of looks like a prissy swashbuckling. Um, oh. uh, What's his name from Legolas? He, he looks like Lego, yeah. Legolas, but with a swashbuckle hat and and all this stuff. Um, and uh, and he is he is he is basically torturing a guy with ants, and uh, and it's it's awful and crazy and wonderful. And I just thought that was a great way to, to introduce. And then you jump back to Roxon, and there's this uh, guy who's kind of recruiting this this group of like security. Uh, superhuman security team, and uh, which which I don't know about you, but reminded me a lot of uh, the Hellions back in the day. Like they they kind of had that feel of Emma Frost's uh, Hellions, and uh, and uh, but but then immediately every time, um, you know, every time Jason Aaron goes in one direction, like immediately something else, you know, it changes, and so. Uh, Exterminatrix and Silver Silver Samurai jump in and and they cause all kinds of havoc and and then there's just this great fight scene with with these people who these this security team who turns into hulks and they start fighting these mindless ones and and it's just an awesome fight scene and then um and then Roz and Thor jump into the battle and they're doing their thing and uh they're trying to rescue Dario Adger or Agger and um and you know, because because of this, basically this uh, agar imperative, which will cause all of Roxxon, which is this huge floating island, to plummet to the earth, which will destroy the earth. Um, so I just love the big stakes of this issue. I love just the setup. Um, it's it's just a super fun story. And then you, I mean, and then you got on top of that, then the the payoff from the cover is that the actual this actual scene. Uh, where the shield agents, you know, surround her and and actually say the line that's on the front of the cover. <laughs> like I mm-hmm. love that. I just it was it was perfect. It was just a great a, a great thing. And um, and then to t- you know to top it off um, at the at the end, um, you know that we the readers know that Thor is Jane Foster, um, but the but the ca- characters in the story do not yet know that. And so the shield agents are convinced that Jane Foster is Thor and are talking to her as if she is Jane and she keeps playing uh you know you know playing dumb and then at the very last page we get a reveal uh that Jane Foster shows up uh and we don't know why and uh we thought that Jane Foster was Thor. So it's just a great cliffhanger which you know I love well done kind of secret identity stuff, you know, and I thought that that threw us for a curve. It, it just, it, this whole issue is just great. And this, this run on Thor is, is monumental. Um, I mean, Jason Aaron's complete run has been fa- just fantastic, but <coughs> adding Russell Dowderman has just been a treat. So, um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. I love, I love this book. This might be my favorite Marvel book right now. So go for it. I mean, I that opening torture scene, yeah, right, is that was one of the best and most 
interesting torture scenes that I've ever seen. First of all, my man's name is um ah what's the the elf's name uh, ivory, name again? It's ivory I, honey shot. It, yes, it's not, I should order that for a date at a bar. <laughs> I would love a, a an ivory <laughs> honey shot. Sir, yes, Sir Ivory. Ivory Honey Shot, actually, and you know it's it's this guy that is torturing this dark elf. You're getting tortured by a guy named Sir Ivory Honey Shot, so um, and he is ruthless. And these ants, you know, I'm I'm just they're they're like the sharks of the ground. You know, he says they can smell like a a grain of sugar a mile away, and he's like coating this guy in like this sweet fruit, and they're just all over the the place and. I point it out because the amount of detail and like Dowderman's art is just ridiculous. And even Honeyshot, even with, with his like soft, you know, angelic name, this dude is this dude is not to be messed with. So I actually I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, Honeyshot try to, you know, get his realm back and I want to see him kick ass with the trolls. So but um like I said, it's it's just one great look, looking book. The art team between Wilson and Daughterman is just fantastic. And I never worry about the art when I know that these two are on the title. Story-wise, it's it's still great. It's still funny. You know, I I actually forgot about um, this uh, the character un- until I remembered she showed up during Original Sin a while back. Uh-huh. And, at, yeah, she was, uh, you know, her dad, you know, Midas. Everybody knows that. That... Which, you know, all of that ties into a really great cliffhanger that we get here. And it's just everything in this series is just tied together nicely. And I don't think I've read an issue that I just absolutely disliked. There are some that have been better than others. But all in all, this Mighty Thor run has been great. And anybody who was doubting it just because, you know, she took Thor's name. She's a female Thor, blah, 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 blah. You are missing out on one of the best titles from marvel so you know absolutely i'll go ahead yeah go ahead and and take it dan um ditto (laughs) (laughs) yes i mean the art the art's fantastic jason jason aaron writes a great book uh mighty thor has been enjoyable since the beginning uh you know not much else can be said except for the fact that who'd thought that uh, Ubliet Midas would be one to potentially take down the Thor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In a in a in a pretty unique way, actually. In a pretty unique way, you know that yeah. that's a, it's it's brilliant. It's well written. Um, it's a good cliffhanger. It'll keep the reader guessing when you know they thought they knew something and then they don't. Um, although <laughs> you know, although I think. Um, what are you thinking? Maybe it's Loki or an LMD? Yeah, I, I, yeah, it could be. I don't know. Hmm. I think it's Loki. Because Loki knows, right? No, nobody knows. Loki okay. doesn't knows. Okay, know. so so why would it? Well, I, uh, see, I didn't even think that. I just thought it was a, a you know some power aspect or whatnot. Because Mjolnir is, I mean, she speaks to Mjolnir like. Like it's, it's sentient, alive, though. yeah, yeah, and and I I know Thor, like old Odin son Thor, guy Thor, man Thor, he would do that. <laughs> man as Thor, well. man, man that's Thor. what his name should he be when he comes do, back. <laughs> you know, Thor. he would do that as well. But Aaron writes it like they have more of a relationship. Uh huh. 
you know, it's 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 not just because you know, I'm, I mean, she's also doing stuff with the hammer that in that one one issue had Odinson like his jaw hit the floor when he saw what she could do with the hammer that he had been wielding for so long. Mm-hmm. So ah, I don't know who is this mysterious Jane Foster. Mm. We so, shall see. Anyways, and these we, agents yeah. are these agents are complete assholes. Just, so, <laughs> yeah, these guys are just ridiculous, over the top, wrong. <laughs> all right go ahead and rate it all right i will give mighty thor number 10 i will give it a 9.5 Ooh, look at you i, know. I am actually giving it a nine i'll give it an eight and a half all right all right moving on to speeches pick would you pick nightwing number three Better than Batman, Part 3, Nightwing and Raptor have become the pride of the Parliament of Owls, successfully completing missions for them across the globe. But Batgirl is not happy. Can she convince Nightwing he's gone too far, or has he fallen too far under Raptor's influence? Written by Tim Seeley and art by Javi Fernandez. Alrighty. This was a, this was a surprise pick for me. Um, mainly because... It's been a while since I've picked up anything that Tim Seeley has written. I just haven't been a huge fan of his work or for a while, especially after what he did to Witchblade. I've just maybe I've been holding like that fanboy grudge there. But um, you know, I decided to get back in the night in the Nightwing during Rebirth, and it's been pretty decent so far. And let's just say that Jeff quickly picked my pick already, so I was picking <laughs> Nightwing. <laughs> I had to go to the backup pick. So, um, basically, we have Nightwing and Raptor are going to basically steal the plans, the um, blueprint plans, from this master puzzle builder. And um, Nightwing just wants the plans to destroy them. Well, they're supposed to destroy them, but he just wants the plans because he needs to basically have an edge against the owls. Raptor is there to assist them um, working for the owls as well. But he's uh, Nightwing is basically gambling on the fact that Raptor is more on his side. The problem comes when Babs show um, shows up, which is probably the only part of the issue I had a problem with is because she decides to, you know, hash out their relationship issues during a mission. And I'm sorry. I've, I've never liked that in any story that I've read. I'm like, you guys are in the middle of a mission. Can we get the shit done first? And then you can chastise me for not showing up to our date later. We don't need to talk about th- this shit right now because this is like life and death. But, um, you know, what what I did like is, you know, even though that these guys are in here, you know, they enter the compound and the guy's house is a huge puzzle filled with, you know, all kinds of standard and not so standard traps or whatnot. And the thing is, um he remarks that it was easy to get in and Raptor tells him that that's, that's not the difficult part. It's basically making it difficult for you to get out and live. And of course, Babs, you know, he has Babs set off a trap first and that just, you know, leads us through a montage of these guys sleuthing it around. Cause I, I was actually happy that I didn't have to read an issue of these guys just dodging traps the whole time. But, um, Raptor actually ends up pulling a very nice twist in the story that I I didn't see coming and I didn't expect because at the at the point where the big action point happens, I just thought it was going to be Raptor versus Babs and um, Nightwing, but Raptor ends up 
basically just shocking everybody. And I think he'll be a decent character, you know, lay, um, later on. But I did like the writing in the story, except for the whole Babs thing. I, I, like, I don't understand why Babs was even in, in here. Um, she was really a non-factor throughout the whole story, aside from the date that Dick missed earlier, which, again, not important to this I- issue. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mainly Raptor kind of just stole the show. And at the end, he was very impressive. So uh, art wise, book looked damn good. So, I mean, no, it, it didn't hurt there. Like I said, the only thing that hurt this in my eyes was Babs being in the issue. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it seemed very, I don't know, maybe just cliche is the word I should use because it was really paint by numbers during their um, areas. It was it was that because Raptor had a more deeper revelation and conversation with Dick, especially when when it can't came to him, you know, having those layers of um, Batman and you get to see like the nesting doll and all that, which represents, you know, if you know anything about nesting dolls and all of that, that was kind of cool. But like I said, you know, they're on to the next mission to find this Dr. Leviticus and the Parliament of Owls is still a threat, so I'm actually on board to see what happens next. But as long as we can keep Babs in her own book, I'm good. It's on you, Dan. Um, you know when you have a four-year-old and the four-year-old is really adamant that they want to dress themselves that day? And you agree to that, and then you take them out shopping, and they couldn't be prouder in their, you know, um, rain boots and cape and top hat, right? Um, that's, that's how you get Raptor. Uh, that's good. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> that is the dumbest costume I have ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I okay so that aside uh yeah I mean I'll agree that the the art was pretty solid uh I didn't like the whole inclusion of Batgirl there uh as if they'd willingly just kind of let her tag along as well or almost lead the charge at this point it's like well so much for trying to plan something you know she just goes in and kicks the door down essentially yeah um (laughs) You'd think she's basically ruining everything. She's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, uh, I just, I just, you know, not really that she falls into the damsel in distress, but it's like it, it was convenient for her to be there for the plot to unfold as it was, right? Like the reader needed someone to try and convince us that Dick shouldn't trust Raptor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, they needed that, the, they needed the foil. They needed the foil exactly. So that's that made it like I don't know. It's cheap to me. Um, it didn't it didn't play out as well as I would have liked. Uh, just to make us you know potentially like or trust this raptor guy for what to like take that trust away later. I don't know what. Um, otherwise, How can you not the, trust a guy that dresses like that though. Otherwise, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god, that is quite the costume. Uh, 
Otherwise, I don't know. I like I haven't read much. I don't know what happened with the whole court of the owls and uh, how that involved uh, night. Like it involved the bat, the whole bat family. I know that. So uh, I'm guessing from what I've read here that Dick Grayson was supposed to be the chosen one for the court of the owls or something. I don't know. Um, the gray son. The grace. Oh my oh, god. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> this this feels like it was all written. Note. Yeah, a little on the nose. It feels like it was all written by Zack Snyder. Uh, <laughs> you know, plot devices for the sake of using plot devices. Uh, I I don't know. I just I didn't highly enjoy this. Uh, it was it was kind of just an okay comic book read. It, it really didn't blow me out of the water. Uh, you know, with glee, uh, nor with despair. Uh, I don't know who these characters are. Doctor Leviticus, I don't know who that is. Um, I don't either. I think he's new. <laughs> oh, so he they just dropped the bomb like new, that, like it's yeah, supposed to mean there. something. <laughs> he read the Bible. He read the Bible one day and said, "That's going to be my villain name, <laughs> Doctor." I, it sort of, that sort of reminds me of the um, the reveal we had in one of the volumes of Uncanny X Force when we first met the uh, what is it, the Inside Out Man or the uh, Meat right, Man? Right, right. Uh, right? Remember that guy? Yeah, was yeah. To, it was like, oh my god, he's out of the shadows. It's... I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. That's, that's, that's kind of how the book fell off for me. I'm like, okay, that's the last page? Sure. Uh, so yeah, it just didn't resonate with me. So, Jeff. Okay. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with this issue. Um, you know, it being a number three um, and me not knowing anything that's going on. I mean, I know who Nightwing is. I know who Batgirl is. Um, but, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised. I, I, this felt like, this felt like an old, like an eighties Batman comic to me, like Batman kind of on an international mission, uh, you know, and, and then he's kind of thrown into some kind of wacky place, villain hideout, and he has to figure out, you know, use his brains. I mean, it felt like that, that was the tone of the book that, that was interesting. Um, you know, Raptor. Uh, you know, yeah, his his costume was a little, a little janky, but um, but like, uh, but I thought I thought he served this purpose well. And I mean, I, of course, kind of the first two thirds of the book, you're kind of going, oh, okay, all right, you know, what's going to happen here? And I was really, I was really pleasantly surprised with the with the twist at the end. I just didn't see that that happening, and uh, um. You know, it was just it was a genuine surprise, you know, and and that's one of the things that's great is when you when you don't have sometimes when you don't have a lot of baggage with a comic book, um, and you can just really walk in and just read it and see it for what it is, um, as as it's almost like a new reader might. Um, sometimes our sometimes our history of comic book stuff is not is, gets in the way. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't work in our favor, yeah. and so. <laughs> Um, so it's really nice to be, you know, maybe somebody who's more of a Batman fan than I, than I am or a Nightwing fan uh, would see this and kind of go, oh, like, this is just like every other Batman story or, or that twist was so obvious or something like that. But I, I really didn't feel like that. I, I was genuinely surprised and um, I thought it added a, a good twist to the story. Um, I thought Barbara's inclusion in the story was 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 good. I mean... I mean, the, the one thing it's like when you're on a secret mission and you stood up your girlfriend and she happens to be a superhero too. And like, she just 
oh, she just finds you on your secret mission. You know, like, that felt a little too convenient to me, but, you know, it's like, oh, well, I just followed the, your signal on your secret mission. Like, okay, all right, whatever. Um, I do know, you know, she, it is Barbara Gordon, so whatever. But, um, but yeah, so, I, you know, I, I, it was, I was pleasantly surprised. And, and the art, I felt, fit this story. Um, I don't think that this is typically my kind of, um, my favorite art style, but I felt like this, uh, I felt like this, this fit really well in this story. And, uh, and I thought it was, I thought it was good. So, um, yeah, I was, I was actually pleasantly surprised. So for a DC book, <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> so All right, go ahead and rate it. All right. I will give Nightwing number three, a six. I'll give it a five. I'll give it. I'll give it a. I'll give it a six point five. I'll, I'll give it the highest rating. <laughs> uh, for a DC because of that, yeah, for a DC book <laughs> because of that uh, that little twist there there at the end. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the backup picks. Backup picks. Um. All right. Uh, Aquaman number five. I am loving Aquaman. It's so awesome. For a DC uh, book. Just. What's that? Yeah, for, for a DC book. <laughs> for a DC book, exactly. Uh, okay. No, I mean it. It continues with the whole, um, you know, the whole terrorist attack thing. Trust between Atlanteans and land walkers, or whatever you call them. Uh, so this uh, this time they decide the army decides to attack Aquaman and Mera. Uh, so it's an all-out sort of battle issue. Uh, with you know the command center and the politicians and the secretary of defense or state or chief of staff is giving orders and so it's you know it's it's pretty a uh, intense sort of issue and uh, I really like the the book ends with um, somebody coming to talk to Aquaman uh, I mean basically now he's wanted for acts of terrorism uh, but somebody shows up at the end of the book who happens to fly and have a red cape. And uh, basically, just like, hey, Arthur, uh, I think we need to talk. I just thought it was a, it was a great ending to uh, to that particular issue. So I want to see more of what's coming with Aquaman. It's just it's been good, surprisingly, for a DC book. Secondly, um, Uncanny Avengers number twelve. Uh, I can't wait for this to be like this little story arc, this return of Ultron to be uh, in a trade paperback because yeah. I'm going to tell everybody to pick it up. Uh, this has been a great great story uh with superb art and if you want to just read a story that has like all out action it's like it never lets up in like it's been the past three or four issues now gigantic fight it's just been also awesome um plus just all the dialogue it's just it's a lot of fun to read and uh i i actually like the way this issue ended uh so it it seems to be the end of the arc but is it uh so They've gotten rid of... They've taken care of Ultron for now, it seems. Spoilers. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Dun-dun-dun. Uh, yeah, it was just fun. Uh, and art is still great. Uh, next up, I'm going to put it under... Yeah, not a stay away from. I'm going to put it up as a, a backup pick. Is the Fallen number one. I just felt it, it could have been a lot more than it was... Uh, this is a story about the Hulk family and how they're dealing with uh, the Hulk's or Bruce Banner's death, essentially. So if you remember when Captain America died, 
we had the Fallen five-issue miniseries that sort of dealt with different people and how they uh, were grieving for the death of Captain America. This is the same thing, but kind of packed into one issue. So there's like a part one, two, three, four, where you're specifically following these little bits and pieces of the the Hulk supporting cast. So in that sense, it, it felt very condensed and packaged. And because of that, you sort of get like an info dump followed by, you know... Um, very dramatic moments, very poignant sort of scenes. Uh, there's a couple of them, especially the one, uh, the one involving Scar um, and the uh, the Warbound go and see Scar to help him grieve. And I mean, there, there's you know, it's such a heavy sort of issue to tackle. Uh, oh but, shoot, I forgot about Scar. So he's in the six one six two. Well, the new yeah. Marvel Universe, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's oh, in well. he's in France or something, uh, living in the woods. I thought he was. I thought he was depowered. Uh, he seems yeah. to still at least have his old strong, so he he turns to stone in this issue. Oh, okay. So he still has that old strong power. I don't know about his whole gamma thing. Uh, Damn it! Now I now I have to to read it. <laughs> now I have to read it. <laughs> so and it's with John. It's uh, John Byrne, right? I believe. Who's been drawing Hulk lately? Um, uh, Bagley. Mark, Mark Bagley. Bagley. Sorry. Bagley. Yeah. Bagley. And okay. it is written by Pack. Uh, but yeah, my only complaint is it's too condensed. This could have been like a four part issue. A four-part uh, miniseries or limited series. Um, okay, just to flesh everything out. Yeah, yeah. So that that's it for my backups. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, have you guys been reading Black Hammer from Dark Horse? Nope. No, I haven't. I heard okay. it was good. It it is. I I I picked it up kind of on a whim, and uh, issue number two came out this week, and I went back and picked up issue number one. Uh, the story is is there's uh, these six uh, Golden Age heroes who, uh, for some reason, we don't yet know, uh, but for some reason they've been trapped in this small town, like small town U.S., you know, uh, little town, and they can't leave. And they've had they've they've been there for th- for ten years, and they have to kind of live in the town as regular people. And so, like, um, so you kind of have kind of a Superman-ish kind of grandfather figure, and then you have the 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 this this number two was kind of focused on this character called uh, Golden Gale, and she's kind of the Shazam character, um, only kind of in reverse. So, like, when she was a little girl, she met this wizard guy, and and he you know he basically gave her powers, but as she grows older. As her human self grows older, she still reverts to that little girl. But in this town, she's trapped in the little girl's body. So she's like a fifty-five-year-old woman trapped in this nine-year-old oh. girl's body. And so, and she's like, you know, they're they're trying to keep her, uh, you know, make her seem normal. So they send her to school, and she gets caught for smoking and drinking and, and all this stuff in, in class. But anyway, it's just really, uh, it's just, it's an, we don't know yet kind of why they're trapped there. We don't know, um, what the deal is, what, what put them there, um, you know, what's keeping them there. But, um, but, and, but it's just, and it's just kind of their very human, uh, interactions with each other. Um, they don't all get along these characters and, um, but yet they have oh, to so kind it's of. So it's not a team book. It is. It is a team book, but it's kind of a. They don't really get. They don't all get along, and they they kind of hate their situation, and they're you know. But some of them like that. Like 
the fact that they're there. And anyway, it's 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 really good. The art is a little bit not quite uh, my favorite, but uh, but the story is an, is enough. And it's written, it's it's Jeff Lemire is is uh, writing it. So um, <clears throat> I would highly recommend it. I think you guys would like it. And and if I had if I had read this, uh, uh, you know, I would have picked it before. But um, anyway. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I'll ditto Uncanny Avengers number 12. Uh, I thought that was great. Pepe Larraz is just killing it on that oh. book. So, uh, he's great. So, that's it. All right. Um, I will go ahead and ditto Uncanny Avengers 12. I hated that series when it first started. And then <laughs> Cable jumped on and then it started to pick up. And I'm so glad I stuck with it. But you're right, Dan. Like, this, once this comes in trade, I... I'm going to go ahead and get it and right. And this has been like the high point of the series so far. Um, it, it feels also, like, it feels like an old school Avengers. Uh, yeah. It's little story. I th- I feel like, like, I don't know what it is. And maybe, and maybe it is just because it's, it's Ultron and Hank Pym and, you know, but there's something about it that just feels kind of old school. I, I don't know. And I, I like this team. I mean, you've mm-hmm. got, you know, you've got the Human Torch, you've got Rogue, you've got Cable, you've got Vision, you know, all Brother these Voodoo. people who... Huh? Brother Voodoo. Brother Voodoo. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's, it's, weird. it's just... Yeah, it's this weird grouping, and it works. Mm-hmm. It actually works better than an all-new, all-different Avengers book that I'm just... Ugh, I can't. I just need Nova... Marvel, uh, Ms. Marvel, and Miles to just leave the team and do their own book. That would be great. That's actually Spider-Man, about to happen. Spider-Man and his amazing mm-hmm. friends. Yeah, yeah, but it won't be called Spider-Man and his amazing no, friends. No, it's so. not. It's going to be called The Champions, but... Yeah, well, my title's better. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will also go with Aliens Defiance number three. We get a new artist on here. Um, I'm not sure why. I like what Tristan was doing, but art is still good. It just... The tone is kind of different, but Brian Wood still keeps it dark, sci-fi, horror-like, and spooky. We find out a little bit more what the um, what's going on, and that of course Wayland Utah. Anybody who works for that company, you just need to go ahead and quit because at <laughs> some point they're going to screw you over, and they don't care how they do it or who they kill to do it. You just need to quit, go work in maintenance somewhere else. Um, I'll also go with Power Man and Iron Fist number seven. And Jeff, a point about Danny is addressed here, and it's, you know, how you were saying that, you know, he just came from this really dark spot in his life, and yeah. now it just seems like Walker's writing him all jovial and everything. Yeah. But what it seems like here is that Danny is purposely doing that. Oh, okay. You know, because he's trying to push certain things to the back burner. Well, I wish and he'd stop. I was like, oh. I wish he'd stop. <laughs> wish he'd go I, wish, back to, I want him to, to be dark, brooding, dark brooding awesome. You know, uh, I think you know they just have. I I do like the dynamic that he's playing with between the um, these two, and yeah, it is a tad bit off putting. But sometimes, when you went through as much crap as Danny did, he needs something a a, a little bit lighter. Hmm. Just just a tad bit, Jeff. Yeah. His whole life can't be horrible just so you can enjoy it. Oh man. <laughs> Tales from the Dark Side number three. Um it looks fantastic as usual, but it 
gets creepy as hell and we find out that the whole dark side thing and all these things that are ha- that are happening is probably um his fault so um it's yeah it's creepy as hell uh wrath of the eternal warrior number 10 this would have been a pick however it's the end of an arc and you guys would have just never let me li- um live it down <laughs> that you know i introduce you to a title when the villain gets his head chopped off and reincarnated and all that but it's yeah. just a great issue um yeah you'd have been like huh what the hell and uh the joiner is number three you know it of course it was released in trade all already but it's so I, it's it's, it's the same joiners that we've already reviewed right right okay right, right. but it's in color it's in oh. it's in color okay and i just i did kind of forget how horrible horrible this damn family is and like how everything (laughs) is just like reading it i was like okay i need a break let me just watch like i don't know steven universe something cheerful i i just wow yeah so but still great if you've never read the whole um joiners in 3d pick up these the single um issues or if you can find the complete book in 3d still you know do your thing but yeah those are my uh my backup picks all right, stay away from. Um, I actually don't have any this week. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I will say stay away from all new Wolverine number eleven. Uh, ding 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 ding. Yes, I'm I'm dropping yeah. all new Wolverine. I I don't like this book anymore. It's dumb and and they're shoehorning in the Civil War and and also. Uh, I I just don't I, I don't need Old Man Logan to be with her like like let's distance all new wolverine from wolverine okay like like why do they have to team up so soon so uh so yeah i'm dropping that one um black widow number six uh what i mean this is it's not really a stay away from i don't know it just was kind of blah um i don't know it this is it's kind of a deep espionage kind of thing and I don't know. There are some cool things that happen, but uh, overall, I don't know. It's just it might not be my my thing. Um, I have to say, I was kind of disappointed with Tales <clears throat> from the Dark Side number three. Um, I, I this uh, I, I kind of wish that they that this was not a three part story. I wish that I wish that they had kind of started like maybe the first five issues as being kind of one off issues mm-hmm. and then do a three parter. But like, I feel like the rhythm of it is, is off. Um, and, and really, I don't really like this black box and the winner guy. And I don't, I, I'm, I'm just not, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like it. So that's it though. Alrighty. My turn. Um, all new Wolverine 11. I will definitely, the last issue was so good. And this issue just totally, one thing it does is poke holes in Civil War and the plot. Yeah. I'm not sure if you noticed it, but it's like, stop interfering and shit will stop happening as Ulysses yes, sees it. right, exactly. I mean, none of that stuff would have happened if you just stop, just leave stuff alone. So whenever Ulysses gets like a premonition, yeah, Thanos is, com- is coming, the whole giant monster thing that came and destroyed the city, yeah, fine. But if it has to do with your friends or whatnot, let that shit go. <laughs> Period. Because it just, it was so, 
as I read it, and there was another issue, um, another tie-in that came, that came out a couple weeks ago that did the exact same thing. And I'm like, nobody is stopping. Everyone's acting out of character, and it's like these writers are being forced to write characters out of character. Yes. And, on, and you know, just to segue into Ultimate's number, um, what is it, 10? Yeah, 10. The same thing. However... The one shining moment is Carol has been acting re- just ridiculously out of character. And it just seems like now this is not the same character that started out in this series. Miss America Chavez gets a chair and just totally WWE just right into her face as Carol is talking. And it was the best moment in comics this week. I was like, that made that horrible issue worth it. And it's probably like, I just I'm I'm not feeling this whole Civil War two thing because it just seems like people are just going out of their way to be difficult for no reason. Um, let's see. I will also say uh, Captain America Sam Wilson number twelve. This again, everything since issue ten has just been blah. This was um so predictable by the end. You know, it's just I was like, okay, Walker's gonna. Come and fight Sam, blah, 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 blah. And, okay, fine. You know, he's not our Captain America. That's getting so... I'm, I'm so tired yeah. of seeing that, too. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, even, even if Steve gave him the benefit of the doubt, he's not our Captain America. I'm like, oh, God. You know, let it go. Let it go. Um, what else was there? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that... Oh, X-Men. Civil War Two, X Men. Oh, no, no. I, I read even... about. Well, hold on. To be fair, I didn't finish the issue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I read about maybe six, seven pages. And track and field was uh, something. The Olympics, something. And then I stopped, and I started watching that. And then I watched other stuff. And then I went and ate food. And I never came back to it. But I read comics after that so i'll just say it's a stay away pick just because it didn't hold my interest long enough to get past that many pages or to come back to it and finish it you know okay. so i don't i don't know what we're going to do with the mutants um it's it's just been one shit show after another yeah man it's mm. like if these guys would take maybe two minutes to just chat just two two minutes that's it yeah but yeah that's it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap up this delightful episode of Tales from the Water Cooler. We want to thank all of the wonderful uh, outlets who support our show: TMV Cafe, Underground Video Network, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and of course ComicAttack.net, where you can find all kinds of great stuff like chirps and reviews and news. Manga, movies, uh, movie reviews, columns, podcasts, and uh, product reviews from SuperheroStuff.com. Check out all the great stuff that they have there. Um, lots of great content. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. That wraps up, guys. Um, it's good to be back for another week. Uh, hopefully, we'll all be back next week. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Well, have a great week, mm. and stay thirsty. do 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 do